Notel is hosting a bunch of conversations this week. This is our second one. Um, yesterday, we talked a little bit on perhaps on some lighter topics, but connected to productivity. Now that virtually everyone in all the markets we operate in is working from home, the poll that I think we looked across our customers, there's several hundred companies. As of yesterday, it was 80%, and Paris hadn't fully locked down yet. But from Berlin to Paris to London to New York to San Francisco to Tokyo, the world is having a, an experiment on, uh, on work from home. And I think productivity is something that people often think about that uh, is going to face some, some big tests in the weeks ahead. Today, we are going to talk about safety and operations, which I think is uh, a very serious topic that I'm sure a lot of people have thought about. Uh, I'm Amal. Uh, I'm the CEO of Natel. And I have two of my colleagues who've been working on this for us, um, and Beamish, who's our head of people globally. Uh, she's responsible for hundreds and hundreds of people and I think at least a dozen offices. Hi, Anne. Hi, how are you? Uh, we'll get to explaining why you're actually in the office now that Notel is on global work from home as well. And we have our chief operating officer, Eugene Lee. Hi, Eugene. Hello. We're going to get into um, what we've done to prepare. I guess, at least I hope, there's something net new that we have to offer folks that have been watching closely, um, those who are responsible for their offices and their workspaces, their people. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of basics that people have checked the box on. Uh, but, you know, our obligations are, are in some ways complicated compared to someone running uh, some offices only with their direct staff. And we've been having to think through a bunch of other scenarios and sharing some of those, um, some of those issues and, and some of the ways that we've been thinking about it is really just the goal of this conversation. Just, you know, share a little expertise. Maybe we can be helpful in some way. Um, maybe a place to start, Anne, is uh, a few weeks back, we started realizing this was going to be a big deal. And uh, I'm, I'm certain, like you, like, like for me, uh, your top priority was the, the safety of our people. Um, talk to me a little bit about how you got started thinking on that and what are some of the basics we rolled out almost right away. So we started monitoring this in February and realizing that, you know, not just uh, coronavirus, but the flu season. And we wanted to ensure the safety and wellness of our people. So the first thing we started to do um, was send um, communications around staying well, staying home when you're sick, uh, ensuring that people knew how they could um, still be connected while being at home. Uh, while they were sick, but not mandating anybody to work from home at that point. Yeah, I think the first email, and it might have had me or you on the from field, it, it almost didn't mention corona, right? It was just like, hey, it's flu season, please wash hands, do a bunch of stuff, but it was on our mind. Then I suppose, so in the, in the couple of weeks since then, our communications and, and how people find out what's going on, what are some of the tools we're using and the statements we're making? So one of the things that we do, um, we started to monitor closer and closer and as we wanted to create a central repository of information. So we have an internet, it's called Notel Now. Um, on there, we have two, two uh, links in our landing page, one about the coronavirus and everything we need to know globally in each market as our general managers are making decisions and as we're making decisions. Um, so people know exactly, which we're following local rules, uh, based on what the municipalities are saying. And the other is tools and tips from working from home uh, and things like if you have young children, things to keep them entertained while you are actually trying to work. So we're trying to make sure that there's a sense of repository of information and we're using Notel now to do that for our company. 
we in our staff have the issue that some are office workers at a desk and some have to be in the field and in service of, of, of our customers. Uh, maybe you can talk to me a little bit about how we parse that and, and what we decided to do. So right now we're following uh, local government guidelines in each of our markets. And as long as the government is allowing our, us to perform our work the way we need to and going into spaces without limiting us or sheltering in place, we're allowing the people that are working, you know, what we would call like a space op manager or someone who's servicing our client, allow them to go in and be exposed. We uh, be, go in and actually talk to the clients. Um, if they have concerns, we've actually asked them to come back and reached out directly to us so we can um, deal with that across the board and address. We're, we're thinking about, you know, time shifting where someone goes in at night so they're not near another people. We have done um, the general recommendations where we say, please, you know, three feet. Um, one of the things that you see is I'm in the office, but I'm in the office because I'm closing it down. Um, you know, giving uh, windows where people can get in for a period of one or two days to get all the things they need to be successfully working from home. Um, and then we're leaning on our GMs. Uh, one of the things I think is brilliant that our New York GM is doing is using virtual tours and limiting the exposure of the entire staff uh, and trying to get the AEs instead of doing, um, instead of going into meet a client personally using Zoom and other tools um, to yeah. ensure they can do to ensure they can uh, perform their duties. Yeah, uh, I think you know, based on my information about our customers, the, the vast majority have have switched to work from home, uh, and and we are now that way everywhere too. Um, but maybe not everybody who's listening or maybe not every company has gotten there yet. They might be in a city where they sort of think maybe they don't have to do it yet. Uh, talk to me about our thought process as a team on this and when did we suggest work from home? When did we mandate address rehearsal? Where are we now? When are we coming back? Well, I'd starting like at the beginning of last week, we started to communicate more effectively uh, and talking to people about washing your hands and more. We went from a general wellness message to a coronavirus message. Um, Eugene worked from an operational standpoint to do the test run, which happened last Friday, uh, which was to ensure that all of our technology was working quite smoothly. And so we wanted to make sure that it's Zoom and Google Hangouts and, you know, any technology that would be used at home. And we would do stand-ups and check-ins by our groups and making sure that productivity is working and that people can get feel like they can get their job done. And Eugene could speak a little bit more about how that test one went. After the test one, we realized we, we spoke over the weekend. We're speaking on a daily basis um, at 9 in the morning to ensure that we are keeping our employees safe and communicating to them in an effective and timely manner. We're trying to over-communicate in this case. Um, and we decided to first close for a week. And just today we decided to extend that out for another week. So we'll be closed for a total of two weeks since that last past Friday that we shut, we did test run. Right. Um, Eugene, we, you and me spoke, I guess on Wednesday night. And uh, you know, I, I, I kind of feel dumb that it took until then. But when we, uh, when we spoke, I had received a text message from someone in New York, just passing a rumor around that, you know, something was going to happen, big government action. My first phone call was to you, and I think you know why. Not only uh, are you running all our markets and our business around the world, but uh, you were in government 
And uh, I figured, okay, if anyone knows what's going on with the governor, Eugene's my closest uh, touch point on that. Can you tell me about that conversation and then what we decided to do and the point of the dress rehearsal? Yeah, I mean, that conversation, I think, uh, really kicked off a, a flurry of activity that had been percolating for a little while. And so I think uh, everyone on this call realizes things have been changing and will continue to change. The situation is highly fluid and we don't really have all the facts. Uh, that being said, we all uh, try to gather as much information as we can and make the right decision based on that. And so that call, uh, I think, crystallized the idea that the situation was evolving much more quickly than any of us had expected. Uh, when we started the planning and the preparation, it was a little bit of the mindset of, let's get ready for this thing when it becomes a thing. Uh, and then very quickly, it became something real and substantial that we needed to step up and, and, and deal with. And so from that call Wednesday night, uh, we put the wheels in motion. We decided that uh, Amal's view was we should test and see what happens when everyone works from home because this is a very likely reality. And so uh, on Thursday, uh, we were in motion, executing against the idea that Friday was going to be a work from home day for everyone. Uh, it didn't. Mandatory. Sorry? A mandatory day. Mandatory. That's right. And so. Uh, we decided to close the offices. Uh, there was not a lot of planning associated with that. The idea was to do it, to figure out what doesn't work, what breaks uh, when folks aren't showing up in our offices. And so uh, fortunately, not much does. We are a pretty distributed company. We have lots of people who are in different markets. Uh, we have folks who sit in the office. We have folks who are out in the field. And so when we did that exercise on Friday, uh, it became <clears throat> for us, uh, reasonably clear that we were prepared to do this in a much more vigorous way uh, if we needed to. And I'd like to say that we're totally buttoned up and ready to rock now. I think we're only closer. Um, I think we are almost mandatory work from home. And our offices are closed, but not mandatory work from home, right? Today it's not mandatory yet. Um, what we have done is we're following local governmental guidelines and each of our general managers in the regions that we work are giving guidance based on each individual region. Like we have someone in, named Ari in San Francisco. He, he followed San Francisco just sat down. So all of his employees are now working from home. Um, you know, but that's not the same in certain other regions like the Netherlands or in London. So you know, we're working to ensure that we're following uh, what the municipalities are ordering. And yeah. at the same time, we are highly recommending that mm -hmm. all of our teams work from home. Eugene, um, this sort of desk staff versus frontline staff bifurcation, I think, is very vivid in your responsibility. <clears throat> You've got 17 cities around the world. They all have different rules and laws, and the virus is at a different level in those places culture and customary expectations. Can you tell me how we used our local market leaders and how what are some of the decisions they've made, but also what are they seeing at this point? I think folks that may be listening don't know exactly what's going on in, in Dusseldorf or in uh, Dublin. Sure. And so I think in a situation like this where things are changing so quickly, um, the idea that you know we could sit in a room in New York and come up with a plan that determined what folks in Dublin should be doing, what folks in Amsterdam should be doing, what folks in Tokyo or San Francisco um, should be doing in response to this is a little bit of a silly idea. <clears throat> and it's the people on the ground who are closest to the facts, 
who understand uh, the realities of, of what's going on around them. And I think it's been very helpful for us to have empowered the leaders of our markets, the general managers in these different cities, uh, to be connected to what's happening in New York and at headquarters, uh, but then have the flexibility to, to react and respond as they see things change on the ground around them. And so that approach, I think, has served us really well. And so the GMs of each of our markets every day are, are in touch with us here in New York as things change, they, they adapt and evolve. And it's not a process of having to have a meeting, going through some bureaucratic system to get a decision made. They just move and respond. They let us know and we'll continue to change as things do. So Paris is fully shut, San Francisco. In the East in the US, not so, not yet, but Los Angeles schools are shut, so that's having a big effect. That's Dublin, right. is Dublin shut? I think they Dublin are, right? Is getting there. Uh, every, every, I think basically all the markets that we are in, in are in some stage of, of shutting down. Uh, Boston is a full stop on all construction. Here in New York, things are still progressing, but you see the trend line. Uh, you see schools getting closed. You see businesses being asked to close early. And then eventually, I think there will be more drastic action. Talk to me about continuity. So we are, uh, of course, our team uh, and our communities are a big part of our thought process on quarantine and work from home and all that. And we do at the same time have an obligation to serve our customers. And it's not as easy as like having the Google search results come up when you're Google. Like, you know, there may be a company that has a very vivid obligation that may even be a healthcare obligation that's connected to all this stuff and they got to show up for work and do stuff. We have been preparing ourselves to provide continuity, but also incident response. So maybe talk to me about continuity and incident response. Sure. So there's a kind of two different parts of the reaction or, or our response to what's happening here. One is uh, what we've been talking about with Anne uh, with regards to our people and making sure that our teams uh, are, are safe and healthy. Uh, but then we also have our obligations to our customers. And those customers are all responding in slightly different ways. Some of them were very quick to, to shift to a work from home kind of approach and others uh, are, are easing into it and going through a transition period. Uh, we need to, to support them regardless of what their choices are. And so early conversations that we've had with some of our teams, our vendors, our partners, uh, folks who serve the space uh, and serve our customers, are, those plans are in place uh, to be able to deal with whatever our customers decide. And so putting aside some larger kind of governmental mandate of closing down a particular city or a market, uh, we will still be responsive to what our customers are looking for even though I think the trend is obviously that more and more of them are, are deciding to work from home. Yeah, I think like the, the thing that's really topical the last couple of days is as some companies are coming to grips that their city or their, their office will be shut, uh, we're doing preparedness for that. And then we've asked folks to do their own dress rehearsals, but certainly there's going to be issues when they lock up tight and walk out the door for three weeks. We've already heard about some incidents in the Paris market with, with um, burglaries and enhanced security and there are other aspects, right? And then maybe incident response is a thing that we ought to uh, touch on a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is, you know, we've seen it across the portfolio, right? I mean, yeah. we've run hundreds of offices around the world. We've had a couple incidents where there was an employee of one of our customers that was exposed. That's right. And so, uh, you know, we are going through that process, like part of the fluidity, uh, probably last week we were starting to think and hear from our customers, Oh, we're going to, work from home for a couple of days and see what happens. And very quickly it's become, 
uh, we're going to work from home for 30 days, 60 days, whatever that, that time frame is. And so what we do in response to that is, is different. Uh, if you're going to be out of the office for, for a few days, then we don't change anything. If you're going to be gone for 30, then we want to make sure that the physical security of the space is intact, uh, that there isn't garbage and, and food lying around that'll create an issue for us later. Uh, with instances where uh, there might be potential exposure to, to the virus, we have cleaning crews that are going through every day. And that is part of what we provide for our customers. And we're also willing to engage in deeper cleans. Now, what we're being told by the authorities is that deep cleans aren't necessarily uh, required for this virus and that a regular clean uh, is, is, is more than enough to take care of that. Uh, but obviously customers want to respond in different ways. And so we're able to deep clean the spaces when we need uh, in addition to the regular cleaning that we do of all of our spaces. Other strange, what's the strangest thing you've seen a customer ask us for or do uh, across the hundreds that we're serving? Well, strange or maybe ingenious, because I think it is, it is our privilege to, to work with all these folks and hear uh, their strategies. I don't think there's been anything that has been particularly strange. What has been interesting to see is just kind of the variation in response. Uh, some people just immediately saying, we're going into full lockdown. We don't want a single visitor to come into our space. Uh, some folks are much more relaxed about it and saying, we're happy to continue to, to come to work and we would like the, the same level of service as we've had to date. The reactions have been predictable, but they run the, the, the gamut of some folks acting very aggressively in response to this and others wanting to be uh, a little bit more uh, wait and see in their approach. On the theme of continuity, and Anne was uh, mentioning this, let's talk a little bit about um, some of the non-infrastructure aspects of continuity. We're still trying to serve our customers and do business. And sometimes that means they want to get on the phone and talk about a change they need to make or, you know, things are on lockdown, but we really do need to open that office in April or whatever. Like, will you be able to deliver? How are we able to equip our people to be responsive while still being consistent with, with our, uh, our highest order obligation to make sure they're not in harm's way? You want to talk about it a little bit, Anne? You were speaking a little bit about the sales teams and how they're changing. I, I just didn't know if that was for Eugene or myself. Okay, so from a continuity standpoint, um, we did talk about putting, ensuring that our employees are comfortable doing the work that they have to get done. You know, there are things that are going to happen that will come an emergency, just like, just for example, is one of our spaces a pipe breaks, that becomes essential work. And so what we're trying to do now is define what is essential versus non-essential work to ensure that we don't harm the business in the long run and at the same time protect our, our employees. And so we've been working through that. I talk about the local government guidelines several times, but it really is, that's what we're working towards to ensure that if something needs to get done, that we can execute it effectively and execute it with a team member that's comfortable going in and getting it done. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe the Eugene side of it, like things that are critical, they're sort of not up for negotiation. We just got to find a way to do them safely. And then there's some things that you could easily say are not critical, you know, like does the newsletter have to go out today? Okay, we'll wait a few days. Or you might have a sales team or somebody who's serving a customer. And in this business, the real estate business where folks want to be in that, in that workspace and just take a look at it and walk around on it, like how do you make progress on some of these things where people still have needs, but maybe they're not in a position to do it in the way they are traditionally comfortable? Have you seen some things from our market leaders that you think are, are worth sharing for others? Because they may be sources of inspiration for how to keep doing business. Yeah, I think we, we've had the benefit of thinking a little bit differently about how our customers think about their spaces. 
and we have relationships with companies that span multi-cities. And so once they get to know us and are, are comfortable with what the Notel product is and, and, and how it'll look and feel, things become much easier. And what I mean is uh, once you have a relationship with a company in, in two different cities and they know what Notel is about, for the third one, they might not need to come and visit the space. They're happy to look at a few photos. We have now virtual tours and other kind of delivery vehicles for folks to be able to get a sense of what their spaces are. And so when you have that level of credibility with the customer, uh, when you're able to give them tools for them to, on their own, you know, figure out what the space looks like today, what they would like their space to look like, uh, they can do design calls with our, our folks like we're doing right now over the phone on video calls and so on. So there's adjustments that our GMs and our, our market leaders are putting into place to be able to meet some of those mission critical needs while still accounting for the fact that we are not convening in large groups and that we're not getting together in person. There's a third collection of uh, folks that get into the field and it's the folks that uh, do the design build of our spaces or the maintenance. A lot of those are contract and vendors and some of them are our own direct people. What's happening in that world? So it varies market to market. Like I said, Boston is in, in total shutdown. There's no construction happening. In New York, it still continues. And ultimately, these are still decisions that, that our partners and some of our contractors are making on their own. We'd like to continue, and some are choosing not to. And so when you have redundancy, when we have relationships with multiple vendors, if one contractor decides they're, they're going to pause, having a stable of others uh, and building some redundancy where we can, you know, understand and value the relationship, we're going to then have to pivot to somebody else. Uh, that makes uh, things easier uh, during these times. We have offered to uh, our customers and non-customers that if we can be helpful on some of these response and continuity topics, we'd be glad to do it. Uh, an example would be if someone needs a, a deep cleaning to happen right away, it doesn't have to be one of our spaces, we can, we can arrange it. Um, if someone needs like a backup or some kind of disaster recovery space that people are not comfortable working in one of the locations, or if there's some kind of transitional gap coming up in a different city, that's something we can also uh, help with. So I guess we're, we're trying to take some of our know-how and our, and our sort of global network and, uh, and be helpful. And so certainly if there's anybody who's you know, sitting at their headquarters in Atlanta wondering how they're going to manage 11 different global sites in the next two months, like it may be a thing uh, that we can be of some assistance on. What's some... Um, Maybe each of you, Anne and Eugene, can you give me your go-to for information? If you are responsible for these workplace operations in a bunch of places, as each of you are, um, give me like one thing that people may not be following that's your, uh, your most valued go-to. Anne, what would be yours? Um, I often use Sherm for the information for Collectively. Uh, it's a great site. Um, <clears throat> How do you write it? What? How do you spell it? S-H-R-M, it's the um, Society of Human Resource Management, and they have a wonderful collection. Uh, uh, to add to it, I also go on to each of the local governmental sites to figure out what's going on. Um, so those are the two things, but SHRM is really wonderful to talk about how to keep engagement up. Um, it talks about how to run a process where you keep your HIPAA laws in place. It talks about, you know, what's responsible from an OSHA standpoint as a company. Have they been organizing a call or some other kind of information sharing forum? Yes, they have webinars. Um, and it's been probably bi-weekly, the ones that I'm getting on. But I, I see that they are picking up the pace on the webinars in regards to um, the coronavirus. Cool. 
Uh, Eugene, what's your go-to? Yeah, I don't think there's a single source. I mean, following the the governmental uh, organization, CDC, WHO, um, I, I think I have the benefit of these strong leaders in our markets who are closest to the 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 things that are most expert or most reliable there in their cities. And so the thing that's been most useful for us to navigate this is that they are piping back into us what's happening all around them. Uh, and, and talking to those folks on a daily basis gives us a good picture of what's happening in 17 different cities around the world. And to add to that, Amal, just quickly, um, it's really important to have a sense of repository. We talk about Notel now. One of the things that we're using is we're having each of the GMs through Eugene and putting together the information. So there's a central place for each market. All Notel knows what's going on globally for, for all of our regions. Um, so I think that's very important for any organization to have is a sense of repository. Yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, like this is so important for organizations that this isn't just going to live in that link. It's a thing that, that managers should be talking about. And on this conversation that we're having with a lot of outsiders, we have a lot of, of Motel team members as well. And uh, it actually is part of the purpose of, of, of hosting these uh, for the broader community. Our internal stuff is, is quite good. And we've, we've tried to make a version of it that we call our coronavirus response guide or something like that. There's a link that we have circulated and it should be on that page that you use to get into the webinar and we'll send it back around uh, when we're done. That's our sort of current best expertise on this. And it's even, we've been adding more things to it like cybersecurity is a thing that not everyone thought a lot about. Like if you're gonna use your neighbor's Wi-Fi, that might not be the best idea when you're working from home. There's a few other uh, things to be more alert to like phishing and some things like that. So that link is something that we'll remind you of as something that we've shared that's our sort of best knowledge. Today's conversation was about safety, operations, continuity. We will publish the recording if you've got a colleague who wants to check it out, both the video and uh, an audio version of it, uh, which will be a, it'll just be a podcast episode. Notel has this podcast called Hello, Hello, where we share some of the things that we're doing. So you can listen to that when you're in isolation somewhere. Yesterday's was on the topic of more effective work from home. Tomorrow, we're going to get back together at around this time and hopefully have a few more things to share. This one's a little bit of a longer term conversation tomorrow. That, that one is, what happens to the workplace after all this? We're probably not going to go back to the workplace the way it was. Uh, this may be a unique and interesting moment to consider what changes you might like to make, especially with everyone out of the office. Like you may be placing orders for new kind of phone booths or, you know, microbe resistant surfaces or something like that. And a couple of our of our best people on workplace design will be joining me. Thursday, we've got a conversation which is a boardroom type topic. I think boards and C-suites everywhere have been having meetings that are on a wide spectrum of issues. Certainly those discussions start with things like safety and how do we make sure our people are able to operate. But they're going to carry all the way through to longer term financial and economic issues inside those companies. And if you're in charge of real estate for your business, you can be more than just a problem. I think at the moment, uh, a lot of people are trying to solve problems and prevent some kind of risk exposure. But there are going to be some opportunities for folks that are in charge of that really important area of the company to have something constructive to offer back to their boards. And, and I think that'll be our Thursday conversation. So thank you everybody for joining. Eugene and Anne, you guys are so great. I think you're my best guest yet. And um, we'll look forward to re-watching our episode together virtually at our St. Patrick's Day happy hour over uh, video in a couple hours. Bye everybody. Thanks, Thanks. so much.